0: Good morning. good morning. Good morning. Glad to have each of you here. Hope you uh, had a good week and uh, enjoyed the cold winter weather.
1: <laughs>
0: I think it's something that's probably hit a good bit of the country, it sounds like, with the uh, unusually warm. But uh, we'll just take it take it as it comes. So... I'd like to welcome each of you here, uh, anybody visiting with family or uh, and online, we'd like to welcome you to share this time with us as well. A uh, couple announcements. Um, Wednesday, there'll be, well first let me back up, there'll be no circles today, so when the service is over, y'all hug each other and go eat. <laughs> uh, and then Wednesday, this Wednesday, there'll be no services either. And uh, most all of you here this morning know the the given routine by now. Uh, your options that you have. Um, and I think there will be. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a children's church this morning. Um, we'll just kind of kind of play that by ear. Um, See, next Sunday uh, in our morning worship, Rocky East. A lot of you know him. He'll be speaking and sharing with us. And uh, one blessing we have this morning is sort of an unexpected, uh, kind of a Christmas gift as a as a church. Neil and Julie and Hadley and Peter are uh, here with us this morning, and we're we're just tickled to uh, have y'all with us and. And Neil will be sharing with us later, and uh, Randy and Karen are putting up with them as long as they can, so uh, (laughs) glad they're here. Before we get started with singing, I was going to share a little, little deal I found. We're sort of at that awkward time of the year where you don't know when you see somebody. Right now, yesterday it was still, you were good, but... Today you don't know whether to say Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. You're kind of stuck in the the deal. I think most of us are probably eager to get out of 2021 as quick as we can. So I'm just going to share a little uh, New Year uh, deal that I came up with that I found. This is a recipe for a Happy New Year. Take 12 fine full-grown months. See that these are thoroughly free from old memories of bitterness rancor and hate cleanse them completely from every clinging spite pick off all the specks of pettiness and littleness in short see that these months are freed from all the past have them fresh and clean as when they first came from the crate from the great storehouse of time Cut these months into 30 or 31 equal parts. Do not attempt to make up the whole batch at one time. So many persons spoil the entire lot this way, but prepare, prepare one day at a time. Into each day put equal parts of faith, patience, courage, work, hope, fidelity, liberality, kindness, rest, Leaving this out is like leaving the oil out of the salad dressing. Don't do it. Prayer, meditation, and one well-selected resolution. Put in about one teaspoonful of good spirits, a dash of fun, a pinch of folly, a sprinkling of play, and a heaping cupful of good humor. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time together this morning, a time to... To see friends and family and and to worship and reflect on all that you are to us and all that you've done for us. And uh, I just pray that this short time together this morning will be, be a blessing to each and every person in this room and uh, those online. We thank you, Lord. Amen.
1: Through your generosity, I wanted to give you a report that we
2: received $1,570 for Christ's birthday offering this year. So thank you for that. (laughs) Won't you stand with us as we sing the song that Neil taught us a long time ago. Beautiful message, yet not I, but through Christ alone.
1: smile. Defend me through the deepest valley, he will lead. Oh, the night has been won, and I shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ in me. price it has been paid For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon And he was raised to overthrow the grave To this I hold my sin has been defeated Jesus now and ever is my plea release. I can sing, I am free It's not I but through Christ in me. With every breath I long to follow Jesus for he has said only jesus all the glory evermore to him when the race is complete still my lips shall repeat yet not i but through christ in me to this i hold my hope is only jesus
2: Just enjoy singing the Lord our shepherd.
1: i she...
0: seated We pray. Let me uh, let me go over uh, uh, highlight a couple requests for you. First, I wanted to thank each of you for your prayers during my recent sinus deal. I, uh, Ray sent me a message one day, and he and uh, I responded and told him that this surgery, the sinus surgery, wasn't for sissies, and I decided that I got quite a bit of sissy in me, so. But I'm, I'm doing a lot better, and I appreciate your prayers. Um, I won't read each, each one that's here in the, in the bulletin, but uh, y'all can see those and remember them. Um, <clears throat> I did want to highlight sort of a combo here of prayer as well as uh, kind of a giving, giving message as well. Um, I think a lot of times on some of these requests, like the missionaries here and abroad, the ones that are in every week, we just sort of gloss over it and, and don't give it a whole lot of reflection or thought. Um, Carvin shared something on Facebook uh, two or three weeks ago, I guess. He mentioned that uh, a lot of uh, organizations like Partners in Mission and others, <clears throat> in the month of December... They receive 30 percent of their of the money that they receive for the whole year. So, uh, whether it's the Christmas spirit or people have put it off through the year, whatever the deal is, that's that's the time. And uh, I know as a church, we have a lot of uh, specific through faith promise and that sort of thing areas we give to. But then also, each of us personally have have little ministries that are, are, that are special to us and uh, things we like to give to throughout the year. So uh, that's just sort of a, not necessarily a plug for Carvin, but uh, just sort of a reminder that we can, we're not just limited to what we give, you know, here in the pew. We can throughout the year, you know, wake up one day and, you know, want to mail a check to Carvin. He won't send it back, I don't think. So uh let's pray and then I'll I'll say a couple words about Neil and and we'll 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 go Lord we thank you again for this season of the year and uh a time of reflection and uh, sort of a reminder to us too of uh of the true meaning of life and, and what really matters. And uh, I pray that each of us will carry that, uh, carry that truth with us through the year. And I thank you for, through this past year, how you've protected and brought each one of us along the way and, and washed over us. I pray this morning in a special way you'll be with those who have lost uh, family members, friends, loved ones uh, this past year and some recently. I pray, Lord, you'll be a comfort to them and they'll rely on you for for that comfort and strength. uh, I thank you, Lord, for the way you've blessed our church and uh, I pray continued blessings on us and now and in the future thank you for Neil and his family being here with us this morning I pray a blessing on them in a mighty way thank you for uh, watching over and being near to, to Julie and, and touching her body And uh, I just pray that you'll bless Neil this morning and whatever he shares with us And uh, just thank you Lord for life Amen. This morning, I've said about probably enough, and uh, we're just delighted to have Neil and his family here. And so looking forward to whatever he shares with us and uh, appreciate him taking taking the time to, to share with us while they're here.
2: It's not too often that I get clapped for before I even said anything, so y'all might live to regret that here in a minute. Or maybe you were clapping for Marlon and I just stole his, his glory there, so it's good to be with y'all today, and it's good to have some of y'all today. Churches never know on the Sunday between Christmas and New Year whether the preachers never know whether they're going to be preaching to themselves or you know their spouse, and we're grateful to see all of you out today, and I believe that I've got a good word of encouragement for you today, and, uh, and so am looking forward to sharing it with you. It, the the, the uh, title's a little intimidating today, Perfection Through Perseverance, And uh, but I just want to kind of share with you, as uh, Marlon was saying that uh, sinus surgery is not for sissies, sometimes I've I'm increasingly come to realize that life's not for sissies, <laughs> and uh, certainly this walk of faith is not for sissies, and uh, we've just, it seems like we're in a season um, as a culture, as a people. I don't know about um, y'all here, but just looking from afar, I think you're probably in the same boat. Almost everybody I talk to has just been through what they feel like is a couple of the hardest years of their lives and for various reasons, um, not just with the stuff going on on a global and national scale or even local scale, but uh, just with life, Personal life—it uh, seems like everyone that I speak to, you know, has gone through surgeries or has gone through the loss of a loved one or has gone through, you know, some trial and just a season that feels heavy and burdensome to them. Um, as a church, you've been persevering through a, a long season of transition, and I know that uh, weighs on many of you and on your leadership. And so, I just want to speak to you today about uh, kind of the purpose of persevering through hard times and ask you the question of what if all the struggles that we have in life and in faith, uh, just everything that we experience that feels like a challenge and a struggle, what if uh, it were actually all worth it? What if God is working in those things, redeeming those things even, and turning them to work for our good? There's uh, this time of year, you know, we talk a lot about God sending his son to the world to redeem the world. Uh, We're told that God sent his son to redeem us from sin, to save his people from their sins, uh, to offer to us a kingdom life, a new way of life. And, you know, some of what sometimes maybe gets lost in that is that he did not come simply to forgive us, but to free us. To free us for a better way of life, to offer to us something that is rich and rewarding, an eternal, abundant life that begins now, Uh, that there's a process that you enter into as a follower of Jesus that sets you up for eternity, Uh, that's a redirecting and a reforming of your life in a new direction that's going to be your eternal direction. And when you're following Jesus, you can rest assured that you're being formed in the right direction. And so I want to talk to you about um, what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer. This is, you know, a lot of what I'm going to share today is fundamentals of our faith. And so I hope that it'll be good reminders for all of us and be encouraging to us today Uh, that the Holy Spirit is still in the business of transforming lives, that the whole purpose Of Jesus coming and being with us, the whole purpose of him leaving and sending his spirit is to call to himself a people that he will purify and make holy and clean for his possession, eager to do good works, uh, eager to be in service to their king and thus to the world. Uh, And so the Holy Spirit does this work, has been doing this work for a long time. And one of the things that maybe we don't talk about enough in the church at large today is how that process happens. What the Holy Spirit uses to work His grace and His power in our lives to change us into the people that He destined us to be. So one of the things, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit works is through What we sometimes call spiritual disciplines or formational practices. Things that Jesus practiced and that his apostles practiced and that people of faith have been practicing for really thousands of years. And that there's this idea that we don't just sit around as Christians saying, Okay, well I believe in Jesus and now the Holy Spirit will either zap me into holiness or you know, maybe he's waiting for me to get to heaven someday. No, there's a process, a life of devotion that we're called to live as Jesus' followers. And the Holy Spirit uses that lifestyle, those, those practices that we work out our faith, right, through those things. So there are things that we do. There should be quiet time with the Lord that we spend, right? A consistent time that we spend refocusing our hearts and our minds and our lives on Jesus, on our faith, on what we believe is true, Um, There should be time spent in prayer, right? And there should be time letting his words soak into us and thinking about his words and and what he says and why it's true and and how it works out in our lives. These practices, uh, fasting is one of those things. There's different ways that people practice things like fasting. But there's all these different practices that Jesus practiced, our, our giving, our generosity towards others. And, and the list could go on and on of ways that we work out our faith in practice. And as we are obedient in those things, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and, and works to purify and make us into the people that he'd have us to be. But the other and perhaps less popular one is through trials, through the hard things that we face, uh, whether it's a, a sinus surgery recovery or whether it's... Uh, You know, just financial hard times, or whether it's just a season of change, or whether it's a season of grief, or you name it. Could even just be a traffic jam on Thomas. (laughs) And uh, you you get in those situations, whether they're big or small, and you face something that is difficult, and it tests your faith in the moment. It tests. Your ability to walk through that with the Lord, with peace, and with keeping Him in your mind. And all those trials, big and small, that we endure are things that the Holy Spirit uses in our lives. So when I say um, that we're going to talk about perfection through perseverance, this is what I'm talking about, is the Holy Spirit doing a work in our lives through these kinds of things. Through our, our persevering in disciplines of You know, I'm going to spend time with the Lord even if I don't feel like it and are persevering through the difficult things that we go through. Now, perfection is a word that uh, we don't like much either. We're uncomfortable with it because we all are painfully aware of our imperfections. And, and we don't like the idea of being called to perfection because it seems like that would lead down a legalistic road or a discouraging road of realizing just how imperfect we are. But this is not a concept that I came up with as a uh, self-proclaimed perfectionist. Uh, I'm not just trying to thrust something on you that, uh, that I think is important. This is a very plainly spoken biblical concept. Uh, But though I do think sometimes we get the word, um, we have a whole different set of connotations with the word perfect, that maybe wasn't quite what the biblical writers meant. But take this passage, for instance. Count it all joy, my brothers, my sisters, when you face trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, so that you may be, everybody say it, perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, what do you do with a verse like that when you come across it, you know? Of, first of all, count it joy when you face trials of various kinds. And then saying that we should do this so that we become perfect. Now, this is like they're speaking some kind of foreign language. <laughs> what, what are you talking about, James? This is believed to be James, the brother of Jesus, who became one of the pillars of the early church. Meaning just a strong and sturdy leader that upheld the mother church in Jerusalem where the whole Jesus movement was spread out from. And so this is a prominent leader in the church, one who was looked to and respected even by Peter and all those guys and Paul and different ones that looked to James as an important leader in the church and he gives us this word count it all joy when you face trials of various kinds and i love that he says of various kinds because life is full of trials jesus said if you follow me you need to be prepared to pick up your cross and follow me and deny yourself he said in this world you will have trouble and we experience troubles of various kinds to be sure whether you've you know whether it's COVID, some kind of disease like that, or, or a trial of our own making, anyone ever made your own trial and then had to live through it? <laughs> um, you know, surely not. I mean, it's just me, just me. Or there's always, you know, our favorites is the trials that other people make for us. You know Thank you very much <laughs> for your decisions that led me to experience this wonderful thing that I'm going through now. Um, those exist too don't they so there's trials we make of our own making you know and there's trials that others put upon us and then there's just the stuff that happens living in this broken world as we do uh, mired by sin and just all the things that come about whether it's pandemics or uh, you know unexpected diagnosis or a tornado or whatever whatever it is you know it just drops out of the sky and here you are facing something difficult that you didn't plan on Facing, But we're told that we can find joy in those circumstances by knowing that if we'll persevere through them, if we'll stay steadfast, if we'll endure, if we'll grind it out, if we'll go the extra mile and live through that and press through those circumstances and keep our faith through those circumstances, that the Holy Spirit is actually going to use those to work something in us, to perfect and complete us, so that ultimately and eventually we are lacking in nothing. Now, again, this word "perfect." Uh, sometimes we think of perfect, at least I have, as you know, acing the test, kind of perfect. Like I didn't miss a single question on this test; that was perfect. Um, or you know, I look in my mirror and I say, "Well, that is the perfect specimen of a man right there." Uh, you know, that kind of perfection. And, and most of us, you know, we miss the question on the test. We look in the mirror and we say, Whoa, what happened? Where's this gray? Go? Why, where'd my hair go? You know, <laughs> What's going on here? There's so many imperfections, but this is a different kind of perfection. In fact, uh, a lot of scholars that study the New Testament in these ancient Greek languages say this really has more to do with maturity, character, You know, that there's something about your character of who you are that is being matured and brought into wisdom and a depth of character and an integrity of character that was lacking before. And so you are perfect and complete in the sense that you are um, becoming more and more like Jesus, you know, that you're being perfected in that way, That that who you are is being transformed. It's not that you're going to get every little thing right or ace every question on the test, but that naturally, from this mature spirit, uh, you get it right most of the time because your intentions are pure. Your motives are pure. um, What you're pursuing is pure. What you've fixed your eyes on is true and right and good. And so your life is being perfected. So we're going to talk about how progression I mean, sorry, how perfection progresses by perseverance. Perfection progresses by perseverance. And and again, I want to talk about this in kind of two contexts. There's uh, the things that we practice in our life, and there are the things, the trials that we that we face. And I kind of like to, I've probably shared this before, but I, I like to think and find it helpful to think of these things in terms of uh, Athletics or academics. If you're not athletic or academic today, I apologize, but these are the illustrations I've got. (laughs) So um, if you're in sports, you know, you might think of our practices of our faith as sort of like practice running drills. Right? so if you want to be a really good basketball player you've got to dribble the ball a lot right? and do all these dumb drills where you're trying to dribble it around your feet and without tripping you know, and you do these things over and over you shoot a billion free throws you know, because you want it to become second nature so that it goes through the hoop instead of bouncing off and, you know, more often than not you practice these things over and over even when it's boring even when you're tired of it you just keep on practicing because it's developing the skill set that you need for the game. And I kind of tend to think of trials and those kinds of things as the game that we play, where you're tested to see how good you are. Right, You're tested against some kind of competition or against some measurement. If we talk academics, there's the, this would be the, the discipline of uh, studying Learning, memorizing, reciting, getting it in your head, understanding it, working with it until you understand, and then there's the test. Right? Everyone loves test day, where you get that piece of paper in front of you, and you have to see if you know what you're talking about. Right? And and so these trials, whether it's a game or a, or a test, they reveal something about us. We can see, oh, I still need to work on this right Uh, and not only that but the actual testing produces something in you that you can't produce through just studying or just practicing right there's a you could be someone who practices uh, let's pick a different sport this time you know practice football day in and day out you do all the drills And then, but you never play a game, right? And you could be the most practiced football player in the universe, but you'd probably lose your first game (laughs) because you haven't played that game before, right? There's something about becoming more mature, more complete as an athlete or as a student that has to be experienced through more than just study, But putting it into practice in some way, putting it into work, being tested. Being tested somehow produces something in us, strengthens something in us that mere practice alone cannot do. And so both of these things then are vital. And the Holy Spirit uses both of these things to form in us the life that he wants to form in us. So I want to talk to you about persevering through these two things. So first, I want to say keep going when following feels boring there's some times that our Christian faith may feel boring and maybe boring is not even the best word but we just grow weary doing the same things over and over again of opening that Bible one more time of getting on our knees one more time of praying one more prayer of trusting one more time of uh, you know definitely fasting grows weary <laughs> you- if you practice that one, you know, it's like, oh boy, I just just want lunch. We grow weary of quiet time when uh, it feels like we're not hearing from the Lord or the Lord feels distant from us. And it, it's easy to throw in the towel and say, you know, I'm not really getting much out of this time that I spend with the Lord. And uh, there's so many things that I need to be doing, and there's so many things vying for my attention, and I just don't really have time for this that doesn't really seem to be making that much difference. But, so I want to call you to keep going when following feels boring. There's something about the persevering, the steadfastness, the endurance, through even that, that the Holy Spirit uses, even when we don't feel it, perhaps we don't see it, And yet, there's something just about keeping on going that is producing something in us, perfecting and completing us so that we're lacking in nothing. Jesus once said, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. I was thinking about, you know, Jesus liked to use agricultural metaphors a lot. He lived in an agricultural society and uh, I think it's a good metaphor for the Christian life when we think about plowing, especially in the olden days. Plowing, just walking behind those oxen or walking behind that horse and or that mule, right? And just up and down the rows in the hot sun all day. Talk about boring and hard wearying work. And probably feeling like Why am I even doing this? You're not seeing anything green sprouting out of the ground that day, are you? Just blood, sweat, and tears as you walk behind that stinky mule and uh, up and down, row after row after row. So keep going when following feels boring. This is the call of Christ to us. Come pick up your cross and follow me. Day after day, don't look back, don't sit down, don't give up. Keep pressing on. Probably there's been times in your life that maybe even recently where you just feel like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm keeping the faith. I don't know why I keep reading and opening this Bible. I don't know why I keep journaling. I don't know why I keep praying. But keep going. Press on. Perfection progresses by perseverance. And perhaps I'll spend a, a little more time with this one. Keep your problems in perspective. This is uh, one that I've been learning a lot about lately. One of my favorite chapters in scriptures. what the Apostle Peter wrote to us in his first letter. In the first chapter he says, In this you rejoice, There's that joy again in trials. (laughs) Though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. There it is again. Various trials. Different, Different church leader of the early church. Same message. In fact, these themes of perseverance and trials is one of the most dominant themes throughout the New Testament. From Jesus on through all of his apostles right through the book of Revelation So, if necessary, you've been grieved with various trials so that uh, the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's these same ideas of count it joy when you're facing these various trials because there's something being produced in you that is going to be revealed in glorious fashion when Jesus returns. So this idea that you may not fully understand what it's working in your life, what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life as you go through a hard season and a hard time, but we trust that he is doing something in our lives and that someday we will see that it was worth it. That what we pressed through that when we kept the faith in those times, you know it may not have been pretty, but we persevered. We made it through the Lord saw us through, and the Holy Spirit used what was meant for evil in our lives for something beautiful and good. But I love the perspective in 1 Peter. In fact, if you read through the whole kind of first chapter, it's this recurring theme of uh, the Lord's returning. Keep in mind that what we experience here is temporary. Uh, It's this, though now for a little while, for a little while, if necessary, you're going to have these various trials. And it's, keeping in mind that this life is short. Any trial that you face on life, in life, from heaven's perspective is a short thing, Uh, from the standpoint of your entire life that awaits you with Christ, hidden in heaven, this this trial that you're experiencing is just a little while. And it's important to keep that in perspective there's our tendency naturally when we're going through a hard time is to feel like this is forever this will never end um, anyone ever had a stomach virus <laughs> it's like you know that it's probably going to be 24 hours you know it but it still feels like eternity when it's 3am in the morning and all you want to do is sleep <laughs> you know? but you're in the bathroom instead <laughs> I, I just remember even as a kid going through it and just feeling like, Lord <laughs> help me take this away you know this is never going to end I'm going to die right here in the bathroom you know um, it's not true and so in the trials of our life we have to keep fighting for this perspective that this these hard things that we go through are but a season and so we keep our problems in perspective Another aspect, perhaps, of keeping them in perspective is that through these trials, we can gain a healthy desire for Jesus' return. Uh, An unhealthy desire for Jesus' return might be kind of an escapist perspective, right? Of, I just want to get out of here. Get me out of here, God. (laughs) Get me out of this situation. Get me out of these people. I'm tired of these people. Get me out of this, these trials that are put together by all these grumpy people, these nitpicky people, these drama people that I work with or that I live with or that I'm, you know, cursed by. <laughs> Lord, just get me out of here. Or get me out of this body that's breaking down. Uh, we, When I grew up in Las Cruces, our uh, little church would go and minister to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Sorry, in case you don't know. Where that is, um, we'd go to the nursing home, you know, and sing. And I remember this little old lady that sit off to the right, and she'd be—we'd be singing, you know, songs of hope and joy. And she'd be, "Oh Lord, take me home! Oh Lord, take me home!" So uplifting, you know. And uh, uh, some of us get there, you know, a little too early. Oh Lord, just take me home, you know. And there's a um, maybe there's a season for that, in all fairness, too. But what I mean by a healthy desire for the Lord's return is that our problems should remind us that this is not heaven. That this is not the life that God intended when he created everything. This is the life brought about and marred and broken by sin and that there is a hope that awaits us in Christ. And so, we shouldn't get too tied to this world, right? And we shouldn't think that this life is all that matters. We should keep in perspective that there is a reality that runs deeper than the reality this world tries to sell as reality. All these temporary things that you have to have at Christmas, you know, you have to buy this and that and, uh, you know, you and your spouse need this, you know, your, your wife needs this car or your kid means this toy or whatever you know that life tries to tell us, that our world tries to tell us these are the important things and no trials remind us there's more there's more than those little trivial things and that the things that we can buy now and that the things, even the problems that we can experience now, all this is temporary and short lived and there's a day coming that we look forward to with great anticipation It reminds us that our world needs a Savior and needs the Lord to return. Every funeral should remind us of the hope that we have in Christ and a longing that the Lord would return. That the greatest glory this world has to offer pales in comparison to the glory that we'll see at His return. And as I kind of already mentioned, but just want to share a little more about, we through trials we come to see things as seasonal. So the more trials that you go through, you should begin to see and realize, okay, I've been through this kind of thing before. Maybe not exactly this, but the Lord's seen me through other things. He'll see me through this. I remember, you know, sitting in... Uh, a doctor's room. I think it was they had kind of, a, when we were going through the early days of Julie's cancer diagnosis, I remember sitting in an office, I believe it was with her surgeon, and they had this nice room. They put you in with a view of Lake Hefner in Oklahoma City, and it was a very nice room, and, and pretty scenery, and, and they're sitting there talking to us, and but the the words that brought tears to my eyes was just this doctor reminding us of what we really already knew and just needed to hear it from someone in that moment where we couldn't preach it to ourselves, which was, someday, this whole thing is just going to be a blip on the map. You know, remember when we went through that? (laughs) You know, and it was like uh, the Lord needed to speak that into our hearts in that moment of, Remembering what what we already knew that no matter how long the trial, no matter how long the road, no matter you know how daunting it may seem in the moment, it's temporary. I heard this in a a interview with a recording artist. I don't know some of you may be familiar with an artist named Jewel. Not a Christian artist, just. someone I thought was really cool when I was like 19 or 17 or, uh, <laughs> you know I liked her music and so I was listening to this interview with her and it's always interesting to me when you know non-Jesus people stumble onto Jesus truth just through observing his creation and that kind of thing so she told this story about a time where she was deeply depressed and going through a you know, season of anxiety and And just a lot of trouble in her family and in her life and just feeling really low and not really wanting to go on with life. And she sat down on the seashore. She was from Alaska, so I'm sure it was cold. (laughs) And she sat down and watched, just sat there by the shore all day and watched the tide come in and watched the tide go out. Said as she sat there and reflected and watched the tides change. She recognized, I don't have to do anything but sit here, and the world changes. And she realized that the troubles that she was facing in that moment wouldn't last forever. That someday, even if she didn't change, her life would change, because... There are seasons, right, that come and go. We can look at the seasons and see that. There's a spring and a summer and a fall and a winter. Or maybe just a summer and a winter. uh, Or maybe just summer all year long. I don't know (laughs) what's going on today. But uh, we observe those things about life. And even when we look back on our own life, we see trouble after trouble, trial after trial, good time after good time. And we recognize there are seasons to our lives. I've come to the point where I try to remind myself frequently that if I'm in a good season, I'd better enjoy it. Because it's not going to last forever. And if I'm in a bad season, I just need to keep in mind that there's a good season coming. And of course our hope is, in Christ's return, that someday it'll just be a really long good season. (laughs) That all these bad seasons are temporary. So it's important, I think, to keep that in perspective. Don't you? No matter how long it seems to drag on. It's for a little while, the Apostle Peter said. For a little while. We can do anything for a little while, right? We can put up with anything for a little while. With the Lord's help, we can persevere just a little bit longer. We can hang in there. It's just a little while. And perfection progresses by perseverance so I'd say to you today, Cypress Street as you go through a season of this continuing transition over a year can seem like a long time so keep your chin up, stay in the game persevere, keep on pressing on, it's a season it's a little while The Lord is with you, and he'll use this for good. And to you as individuals, I don't know the details of why the last year or two have been hard for you, but I'll bet they have been. Seems to be a recurring theme. Maybe you're in the thick of it right now. Maybe you just came out of it, or maybe you're about to head into it. Lord, help you. (laughs) Whatever the case is, when you face that trial, don't give up. Keep pressing on. A prize awaits. And the Holy Spirit is doing something in your life, even now, even through it, that you may not see. And your King is coming. And when Christ is revealed, we're told that we also will be revealed with him in glory. And in that day, we will see clearly what we cannot see clearly now. What the Holy Spirit was doing and how he turned what was perhaps meant for our destruction into something beautiful and good. A maturing, a perfection that progressed by perseverance. I'll close by reading to you a few verses from Philippians 3. Because again, this theme is found throughout Scripture. So Christians, we should be the least surprised by trials. We know that they come. But we also keep them in perspective. And we persevere. The Apostle Paul wrote, said, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. See that kind of perfection. We're trying to get all the answers right. Not having that kind of righteousness. But that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible. I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained or arrived or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made, has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know if our worship team is going to come back up, but if they are, y'all can come back up and I'll close us in prayer. Father in heaven, I give you thanks for your son. We give you thanks for your word. Lord, we give you thanks for the pioneers of our faith, those apostles, those early believers, but also those who have been parents to us or grandparents to us, perhaps perhaps by blood, but certainly by faith, those who have lived out an example of perseverance before us. Father, we give you thanks for the encouragement we have by your spirit that you are working all things for the good God we confess that we're weak we confess that sometimes we don't feel like pressing on and that we don't have a whole lot of strength on our own God so we ask your Holy Spirit to put courage in us and to help us put courage in one another Help us to press on, to persevere. And we'll trust you to do a work in us, to perfect us, to bring about what you would bring about in our lives so that we might love you well and love others well and live out the life and the faith that you set us apart for in Christ Jesus our Lord. We pray this in his name. Amen. Won't you stand with us as we sing, Lord, give me a willing heart.
0: Servant. thank you brother we needed that don't get nervous I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) sing thank you Neil we'll close with words from a hymn and uh I think goes along some of what Neil shared with us this morning. So uh, this will be our prayer, and uh, just pray that each of you have a great, great week. And uh, <clears throat> I meant to mention during the prayer time to pray for those who are traveling. I know Neil and Julie this week will be traveling. Uh, Victories, I think, are probably traveling. Uh, Reuben and Hannah are are uh, traveling some. So just remember those in your in your prayers. I'd like to read a few words as our closing prayer from the song, It Is Well With My Soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot that has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my face shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Amen.